Greetings, weary wanderer, and welcome back to Lonely TTRPG, the solo actual play and review podcast. This week, we are playing Doors and Sconces, a brand new game from the Black Dragon Dungeon Company. By me, actually. So, Doors and Sconces is a GMless tabletop role-playing game for one or four players. You play a lost soul in the vast libraries of Wikiped. The library has gone dark but you have the opportunity to bring light back to these dusty tomes. To play, you will need access to Wikipedia and a set of polyhedral dice. So, to play the game, you are going to start by determining how long you want the game to last by deciding how many sconces must be lit to return home. Now, each story has two sconces. You can do this as pairs or total number, whatever. For this gameplay, we are going to do pairs with missed success only lighting one of the two sconces. Next, you're gonna load up a Wikipedia page. Now, as you approach a door, roll a 1d10. On a one through nine, you're gonna click on the random article button that number of times. On a 10, you get a safe room where you can take a rest without complication. But be advised, these safe rooms, the sconces will not light. So it doesn't help you get home. When you've selected your article, briefly skim it to determine the challenge in that room. These challenges can be as difficult or as easy as you would like, or you can roll a 1d6 to determine how many successes you need to achieve in order to complete the room. Use your skills and any items you may have to overcome the challenge, or retreat back into the relative safety of the hallway. You can always take a rest, but be warned, something is moving through the halls, extinguishing the lights. If you take a rest outside of a safe room, roll 1d4. On a 1, this creature of shadow and ignorance has snuffed out one of your sconces. Now, this game is based on Breathless, a product of Fari RPGs. If you remember, Fari RPGs is the ones who made Nomadic. Great game. Now, this is not pure Breathless. This is actually a hack that I did to use a little bit more dice and kind of change things up a little bit. Hopefully, I fix the SRD up in the next couple days and get that out. But for now, we will just be using it as it appears in this game. Now, of course, before you start anything like this, make sure you define what lines should not be crossed, especially when playing with other people. Do not be afraid to pause or rewind the game if something uncomfortable happens during a session. Make sure everybody is comfortable with the direction of the story. Gameplay is going to work like most TTRPGs. If you're playing with a group, the GM will narrate the story and present the challenges. And the players will narrate what their character does and attempt to overcome them. For your checks, when there is a challenge that needs to be overcome, you make a check to see how it plays out. On a 1, you fail and something wrong happens. On a 2 to 3, you just fail. On a four, you succeed, but at a cost. On a five or more, you succeed. With the higher the result, the better the effect. And if you roll the max dice value on two or more dice, that counts as a complete success and will remove one stress or restore one dice level. Now, remember, surviving is hard. Anytime you make a roll, you're going to reduce your dice pool for that skill by one die. So... For example, if you have a 3d10, then it will become a 2d10, then a 1d10, 
then a 1d8, then a 1d6. Now, once you get to the d4, it is going to become a 2d4. But, of course, just like Breathless, you will be able to reset all your skills back to their original level if you take a rest. And this is just a brief break in the tension. It can be done at any time outside of combat, or in this case, while in a room. Now, when you take a rest, make sure that the GM looks at the scene and introduces a new complication to the group. When appropriate, you can roll a d20 in order to try and find some loot, and that loot will go in your backpack. For your backpack, you can only carry three items and one medkit at a time. Now, sometimes you're going to need a little bit of help, or you want to use a little bit of help, and for this, you can sprint. When sprinting, you roll 3d12 instead of whatever skill you have. But you can only do that once per taking a rest. If you use it, you'll have to take a rest again. And stress. When you fail, there are consequences. Those consequences are you take a stress. If you get up to four levels of stress, then the game is over. However... If you have a medkit, that will reduce your stress level by two, or you can attempt to lay low someplace for a while and clear one stress. Now, remember, laying low is not the same as taking a rest. So if you're laying low, you're not resetting your dice level. For character creation, you have six basic skills, bash, dash, sneak, shoot, think, and sway. So bash is your physical force, Dash is your ability to run away. Sneak is how you can hide. Shoot is any type of ranged thing. Think is how you can perceive or analyze the situation. And sway will be your people skills. And with that, we are going to go ahead and get on into the gameplay. You stand alone in a dark stone hallway. There is no sound but the beating of your heart and the echo of your ragged breath. In front of you lies a door with two cold sconces on either side. Further down the hall, you see the same door and sconce repeating without end. Do you dare knock and brave the unknown? Or do you succumb to the dark? Now, I have already taken the liberty of filling out my character sheet. I am going to be playing an academic which means my think will have a 3d10, my dash will have a 3d8, and because I believe in fitness, I'm going to leave my bash at 3d6. All my other skills will be 2d4. All right, in addition, we will need to light five pairs of sconces in order to successfully get out of Wikiped. All right, so to start off, we got a two. So... We will need to click on the random article button twice. And for that, we got the St. Mary of the Sea College, Karuna. So for our first door, we have a private college in a foreign country. And we need three successes in order to light all of the sconces in this room. Okay, so... I feel like my initial problem in this room is going to be the language barrier. Now, 
because I'm an academic, I would say that I have studied a little bit. Uh, actually, correction. I'm going to say that my first problem is I'm in a foreign area and I don't know anybody or anything. I don't really know what's going on. So I'm going to use my background as an academic and we're going to see if I know any of the faculty, if there's been any research that's come out of the school that I would have read. So that is going to be rolling off my ThinkStat and I have definitely succeeded on that. I rolled a nine, a seven, and a three. So my Think is gonna drop down to 2D10 but I have succeeded. So I'm going to say that, you know, with that nine, I'm going to say that with that nine, I not only do I know somebody here, I've actually participated in research with them. There has been some overlapping, some overlapping research. We have written some papers. And so I am able to go to them for some help on what exactly is going on here. And what we are going to do is what we're going to do is we're going to actually head to the library and we're going to see if we can't find anything in the library that will help out with us figuring out what's going on here. And so that's going to be another think roll. I got a two and a three. So that is a failure. Luckily, it's not a failure plus stress but it is just a failure. So this is definitely this is definitely something new. This is a very a very weird situation. But considering the mystical and metaphysical aspect of what has happened to me and the lack of the lack of serious scholarship on it, it's honestly not too surprising. So I think what we're going to end up doing, I think we're going to we're going to use our sway and my professor friend is going to take me to a, a local medium. And we're going to talk with them about this. We definitely need to get more into the metaphysical research. And we're going to say that there's one nearby that my friend, like, trusts. He doesn't, they don't really put a whole lot into the scholarship of this person but like they're a good person and they're not going to like straight up lie to us so this is going to be a 2d4 roll on sway and i rolled two threes so that is another failure again not a take a stress failure but another failure we're kind of we're kind of grasping at straws here now the the medium doesn't seem to have any meaningful idea of what's going on, especially not in any way that can be actioned or used to deal with the situation. So at this point, at this point, I think we're going to have to turn to the religious because this is a religious school. So what we are going to do is we're going to, we're going to go to one of the religious heads. And we will do another think roll as we try to lay this situation out logically to the religious head. Now that is a seven. That is a success. And this religious head actually seems to know what's going on. We're going to say that this is the, 
We're going to say that this is the assistant dean. This is an academic institution, so the actual dean is a primarily educator, but the quote-unquote assistant dean is one of the head spiritual advisors. But they they have an idea of what's going on. They know they have they have heard of the library of Wikiped. It is a it is a sacred library that most people assumed only lived in the celestial. And so the fact that the fact that I seem to be trapped in like a physical space on this, like that feels weird to them. And there is definitely something there is def- definitely something off by this. There seems to be some type of uh, some type of issue, some type of disturbance in the balance of the gods that has led to this library being opened up to mortals. So I think now I'm going to try to, I think now I'm going to try to convince them to pray for me in order to help me escape from this place so that I might be able to, you know, do what I need to do to get out. And it's going to take a little bit of convincing because... Again, this is a very like this is a very sacred place. So, it seems like like as an academic, I am happy to be here, but at the same time, I feel the tug of this place trying to pull me back. So, I definitely would like any help I can get on getting out. So, this is going to be another sway, which is another 2d4. And I roll two threes. So we're going to say that's a fail. I mean, well, I mean, that is a fail. So we're going to say that the gods are not interested in my plans. They have plans of their own. I seem to be a pawn in that. But also we are going to say that, like I said, I feel this tug and it is it is pulling me back and i am pulled back through the door and as i stand on the other side of the closing door i see one of the sconces light so i am only at one of ten because again i have to light five pair and i'm going to give myself that one because i successfully completed Two out of the three challenges. So now it is time to head to our next door. And we got a three. All right. And so for our article that is south of St. Louis, a late 40s Western film. Now, if you've never heard of this film because it is old, that is fine. It is a Western set during the Civil War. But it focuses on the Confederacy. So, we're going to ignore that bit. Because I'm from the winning side. So, we're going to ignore that bit. And instead, we're going to choose for our conflict the fact that we have been dropped off in the middle of a war. And there are there is a group of men attempting to illegally run some weapons. And that is where I find myself with a group of men who are attempting to illegally run weapons in the middle of a war. 
So I think the first thing I'm going to do is to just try to run away from these dudes. I'm going to use my dash. I'm going to try to get away because I have very little interest in being around this situation. All right. So that is a success. Mild, but still a success. I forgot to define how many successes I need. Outstanding. I only rolled one and I made it. Seems like they just wanted me to see that, uh, see that sometimes people do what they have to do in order to survive. That it is difficult to survive in war. And, you know, of course, this is something that I had read, but, you know, just experience it, like being dropped off as like opening the door and walking into the middle of these gun runners as they're being attacked by the other army. You know, that's something like that's something else. The sound of the gunfire, the smell of the gunpowder, the heat of the day, like all of this is starting to get to me. And I will turn and hightail it out of there. Luckily, I successfully get away and find the door to get out. And that gives me a complete success on that. But my dash is now down to 2d8. However, I have successfully lit a pair of sconces. So I am now at three of my needed 10. All right. And this is going to be my final door. And we rolled an eight. All right. And for eight, we got catch and kill. A surreptitious technique employed by newspapers and media outlets to prevent an individual from publicly revealing information damaging to a third party. All right, so this is a media technique most often used by poor media outlets where they will buy the exclusive rights to a story using a non-disclosure agreement from an individual, but then never publish that story. So the whole point is they are buying the silence of the person, but it's not really buying the silence because that person is still telling them the story. They just never publish it. And again, used by the shady tabloids for not good people who are desperately trying to maintain a public image. And of course, a famous person to use that would have been Weinstein. Weinstein used that quite a lot, but luckily he finally got caught in the end and all the catch and kill did not matter. But for us, we need to get two successes on, on this. So the immediate things that jump out to me is we are, we are dropped in this situation where someone is explaining a thing that happened. So we are going to first start off with a think roll to try and determine if we know what the heck is even going on. And that is an eight. So that is right off the bat, our first success. So yeah, as we're listening to the story, we know what's going on. We don't like it. We're not a fan. And we are going to try and sway the publication to publish this anyway. And once again, that's two threes. I've rolled two threes on my D4s all night long. That is some baby bag BS. This, this supposed newspaper 
does not agree with the moral reasons for publishing this. And so they will continue to run the story despite our stern protests. And we're going to actually say that we're going to actually say that that causes us to be pulled out of the room. Now, unfortunately, that practice is still happening. We did not help solve catch and kill. But fortunately for us, we did light another sconce because we did complete half of our objectives. And, you know, that is worth something. But again, that's where we're going to call it for tonight. That is Doors and Sconces by me. I know that this is going to sound funny, give you my final thoughts on a game I wrote. But that was fun. I enjoyed that. I really, we're going to talk about why I wrote this game and why I designed it the way that I did. That way I'm not tooting my own horn. (laughs) So first and foremost, this game was heavily inspired by like a throwaway concept in the Reckless Attack podcast. If you do not listen to Reckless Attack, go listen. It is a great actual play D&D podcast. And if you like frogs, you should definitely be listening. They have a lot of frogs. Like the whole first arc is frog based as there are a lot of grungs running around. But later on, one of the characters, who is very organized and very library-minded, starts describing their the way that their mind works, and it feels very much like, you know, these long hallways full of information. And listening to the description of what was going on, it was like, hey, that would be a cool idea. You know, how could we how could we make a game that went something like that with the trick being how do you how do you like conceptualize the idea of a library into a playable format without asking you guys to go to the library and just running down random aisleways and picking random books. And please don't do that because librarians work very hard and their job is not to fix you throwing books all around. But Wikipedia is the wonderful solution to that. You know, because it's one of those, I was thinking, I need to be able to randomly select things. But how do you do that? Well, Wikipedia has the random article button and option. So let's go with that. So we had our look, we had our design. And the reason why I went with Breathless is I like the system. I do. Breathless is a great system. You know, one thing I noticed when I was playing Breathless, it was a case of I didn't want to gamble. Once my once my skills got to a certain point, I just wanted to like once my skills got down to a certain level, it was one of those. Okay, I'm going to take a breath. We're going to stop and we're going to reset everything because at the end of the day, taking a consequence is a very nebulous thing. And like, it's intentionally left vague for a reason, but it's intentionally left vague. So that could mean a whole lot. And I was, I was talking with, I was talking with Renee about this on Twitter, you know, and my comment was that, yeah, Breathless doesn't really, Breathless encourages you to use your strong suits, but then take a break. So it has that little built, you know, it has that little... Go, 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 stop, 
tension build, go, go, go. And that's not a bad thing, but, you know, yeah, you build that tension up a little bit, but you've reset everything. And they were showing some pictures of, like, the design process that led to Breathless, and they were using dice pools at first. And I was like, you know what? That would actually make it, a decreasing dice pool would actually make it a little more interesting because A, you have more things to play with before you have to take catch your breath. And B, it would encourage me to like gamble a little bit more. I'm definitely more willing to roll 2d4 than I am 1d4. And so that gives me the opportunity to that gives me the opportunity to press my luck. So that's that's really why I went with this hack and variation of it was for that. And so that's that's pretty much why I designed this. I was looking for some way to have a random library and some way where you wanted to continue to press your luck. But if you enjoyed it, then you can find this on both Itch and DriveThru. I will drop the links down below. You know, just search Doors and Sconces or the Black Dragon Dungeon Company. And you can get it for three bucks on either of those sites. And if you do, make sure you say hi. I like I like it when you guys say things to me. I'm still waiting for I'm still waiting for seeing comments about people randomly playing my games in the wild. But you know, one day. One day. However, I have been Steel Stash. The game has been Doors and Sconces. This is Lonely TTRPG by the Black Dragon Dungeon Company. And remember, I must ask y'all to stay awesome. You've been listening to Lonely TTRPG, the solo TTRPG live play and review. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. You can also reach us at Twitter at BDDC underscore pod or at Black Dragon Dungeon Company at gmail.com. If you really like us, you can consider supporting us on Patreon at Patreon dot com slash black dragon dungeon company thank you so much